0: Hello, hello, hello and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. This, uh, I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. <laughs> this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. We're going to perfect it eventually. It's only been a year. <laughs> it's all good. On today's show we have the lovely Jessica Betancourt. Thank you so much for joining us today. Jessica has a new book out called I Almost Canceled yes is that the right title (laughs) i love it oh
1: that's i like that title
0: i I, sarah doesn't know your story i know your story it's gonna be news to her Which is like the way i like to do that to you me too i like it that way
1: (laughs) i don't like to come in prepped because then i have all these preconceived questions and then i feel like i'm steering rather than it just
2: flowing organically so let's do it tell me your story okay so a little bit about me i am jessica Betancourt. i am an entrepreneur I have more failed businesses under my belt than successful, but thankfully I have a couple that have done quite well that has led me to be able to live a life I never imagined. And my heart is to help other young entrepreneurs or old. I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm excited to help women get out there and pursue whatever it is they're passionate about. I believe success looks different for all of us. And I think there's room for all of us. And I think that whatever success looks like for you, it's worth celebrating. It's worth going after. So that's that's my heart. I have been married to my favorite guy for over 25 years We have uh, three biological children, one adopted. I am an adoption advocate. Unfortunately, we have an orphan crisis in this world and I could go on and on about that, but that is another big passion of mine. And I have to tell you real quick, I listened to the episode about your parents and how they met and literally I, I was just, I could have listened for hours and hours. But I'll have to share with you my, I won't share, if you want me to share, I'll share. But one of my fascinating stories in life is how I met my husband and in, a, in an unbelievable way. And people are like, did your parents want to kill you? And absolutely they did. That's just a little bit about me. I own a couple businesses, love to help women. And I wrote a book to encourage people to get out there and show up in life.
1: I love hearing love stories. She I'm a totally big does. romantic and I'm always like tell me
2: how you met. Share your love story. So I would love to hear that. So, I'm from Tennessee, my husband's from Massachusetts, and I was raised in a very conservative Southern Baptist home. And when I was a senior in high school, all I wanted in the worst way was to go on spring break, but there was no way, (laughs) there was no way on earth. My parents were going to allow their little Southern Baptist girl to head off to Florida and Galavant in a bikini. And that sounded like amazing. So I convinced my best girlfriend's mom who loved to watch, this is crazy. She loved to watch TV evangelists. And one of them happened to be in revival in Florida. And I said, we should go.
0: The universe meant for you to go to Florida. I'm
2: like, yes. So (laughs) I went on spring break to Florida and every day at four o'clock, after gallivanting on the beach and having a great time, she would make us put on dresses and go to revival. One <laughs> <laughs> yeah, day, true story, true story. Like I'm a senior in high school, I'm 17, and I'm like on the beach of Florida, and four o'clock, she'd say, "Girls, get your showers, get dressed, we got to go to revival." I'm like, "Are you kidding?" You're sinning so, during the day and repenting at night, right? You're like, exactly, I'm, exactly. Like maybe that's to- like
0: the best vacation, though, isn't it? Like <laughs> yeah, sure. you get absolved every night before bed.
2: <laughs> exactly. So anyways, one day I'm walking down the beach, this tall, gorgeous fella starts talking to me. He made fun of my accent. I'm like, Oh, you're so dumb. Why would you make fun of a girl's accent? Cause I'm Southern. And this other cute little nerdy fellow walked up and said, I love your accent. And we chatted for a little bit there on the beach, not very long and parted ways, met up that evening, played volleyball on the beach, that sort of thing. Anyways, exchange numbers. And dated long distance for four years. And I ended up marrying this boy (laughs) that I met just happen chance on the beach, my senior year of high school when I was 17. So there's a lot more details to the story. But yeah, I went to revival and met a boy on the beach and married him.
1: And I would say you went to spring break
2: and you you had a boy break. on the beach. Yeah, well, that's what he likes to say. He's right. like spring break '91, baby, and I'm like, it was hardly spring break the way people think of spring break. So right.
0: and that's what you tell your kids, right? You're like, I met Daddy on Revival. Yes, that's yeah, where I yes, met Daddy, yes, yes. and that is what you're going to keep in your mind.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, had he been there, he would have been on the back row. I promise you, he wouldn't right. have been more <laughs> sitting.
0: That's funny.
2: That's funny. I love
0: it. So tell us about how the how you got the title for the book i almost canceled
2: yeah so i would say i took a pretty non-traditional path after meeting my husband i did move across the country following him and my parents cut me off financially and so i literally just had to figure out how to make it in life and i went to seven colleges to earn one bachelor's degree five of them were community colleges because that's all i could afford i worked every minute my eyes were open just to put chips and salsa on my dinner plate each night. I was literally just broke, but I had social anxiety and I had a lot of fears that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't have a fancy degree. I didn't have a lot going for me. And so I would have all that weird anxiety, those crazy things that we tell ourselves in our head. And I just kept showing up even when I felt undeserving, even when I felt unworthy, even when I felt stupid, I just kept showing up. And so over the years, I taught myself ways to just show up even when fear was telling me to stay home. But I almost canceled every single day of my life. I Mm. almost canceled every time something felt bigger than it should, harder than it should. And I'm just so grateful that something was instilled in me as a child to show up, at least try. Mm -hmm. It's never going to hurt to at least try. And I failed. I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but thankfully I I kept showing up. So I wanted to cancel. There are days I still want to cancel, but I have a no cancellation policy in my life and I show up. So that's where I got the title of the
0: book. Yep. I love that. No cancellation policy in my life.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Show notes. Yeah. He listens to this and then pulls the show down. It's not, it's not being recorded.
2: (laughs) I'm like big stars, big
1: stars next to that one, (laughs) Joe.
2: Honestly, it's so funny because so many people will cancel. Mm -hmm. And I just, I literally, I think by having a no cancellation policy, I've trained myself not to even put things on my calendar that I might dread. Oh, I like like that. that too. Yeah. So I would say yes to everything. I would just say yes to everything. And then I was living this life of dread because I would say yes to it. Then I would feel like I had to show up for it. And I would learn something. I'd be glad afterwards that I went, but I was running ragged and giving myself my time away to all the wrong things. And so by having that no cancellation policy, it actually put some guardrails in place to start saying yes to the right things because I didn't want to keep living that life of dread. So people say, but Jessica, what if I say yes to the wrong thing? I'm like, you only make that mistake so many times. And then eventually you start getting it right and mm-hmm. you start showing up to the right things. Right. So.
1: How do you know for you in your life, what are the right things to say yes to?
2: I've learned, unfortunately, the hard way, but I have certain priorities and I have certain things that if this, if it doesn't fall within this parameter, if it doesn't fall within these priorities, then unfortunately it's a no. Mm -hmm. So you do sometimes have to say no to good things. I'd love to volunteer at the bake scale. Nobody wants me to volunteer (laughs) at the bake sale. I'm a terrible (laughs) cook, I'm a terrible baker, but there's things I'd love to volunteer at. There's things I'd love to give my time to. They're good things, Mm -hmm. but if they don't align with what, my goals or my priorities or the things that I have said, I'm going to give my time to, then I've learned to say no to those things. And there's a nice way to say no, there's still maybe some way you could contribute. But I've just learned that if it doesn't fall within what I'm working on in my business, what I'm working on for my family, or aligning with my faith, then I I have to say no to it, even Mm -hmm. if it's a good thing, but I've learned to do that.
1: Yep. Love it. How do you say no politely?
2: So for me, I like to affirm the request, and then I like to tell them why I can't do it. And then I like to offer how I might be able to help them. So I affirm it, but So could I do this instead? So in other words, I might say, hey, thank you so much for thinking of me to be on the board, but unfortunately my calendar just will not allow it. So if there's another way that I might help in a smaller capacity, I'd love to contribute in that way. Mm -hmm. Or thanks for inviting us to the event. Unfortunately, our calendar won't allow it, but could I make a donation to go towards the charity? Mm -hmm. So I look for a way that I might still be able to contribute um, that works for me, and hopefully, at least, it somewhat satisfies what they're looking for.
0: Love that. I love that.
2: I ju- I, I think that's
0: such a powerful lesson mm-hmm. of learning not only what to say yes to, but how to say no. Mm-hmm. Because I think that we are, especially as entrepreneurs, right? Like we we have that FOMO that's like constant, <laughs> right? Because the next opportunity could be that next big thing that's going to open the gates to that next big thing to the next big thing. So it's really hard to say no. And I
1: don't believe that if it is the next best thing and you said no, I don't believe that's the only time it's going to come around. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: That's fair. I
2: think that's a good point. Yeah. I think that's a good point. If it's the right thing, it will keep presenting itself. Correct.
0: Yeah. 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 Yep. But I think it's really important for us to learn how to have those conversations because ultimately like when you're a a heart driven entrepreneur, when you're a service driven Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, like, feelings are, are very much involved and we don't want to let anybody down and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and and saying yes then becomes this I don't want to damage the relationship instead of saying like how can I best show up mm-hmm. how can I best be there for you and say no to this thing that I would rather walk across hot coals than go to. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> No, it is so hard, especially I think because as women, as entrepreneurs, we are relationship driven. We Mm -hmm. want to please people. We want people to like us. We want people to feel like we're helping. And for a long time, I feared that if I said no to anything, they were thinking, I can't believe she said no. She can afford to do it. She has time to do it. Why would she say no to me? But I just learned that, unfortunately, they can think whatever they want to think. I know if I say yes to everything, then I'm going to end up saying no to really more important things. And that's what I was doing. I was Mm -hmm. saying no to my family. I was saying no to things that my children needed because I was so busy trying to please everyone over here. Mm -hmm. So it is a hard lesson to learn, but I think the earlier you can learn it, the better off you're going to be. And what I've also learned is that when you put those parameters in place and you have those boundaries, People actually appreciate it and respect it. And all of a sudden, yep. you don't have that same weird dialogue. Yes, it's clean. It's it It's clean. Yes, I it think, keeps
0: it clean. Yes. I think it helps people. Like, honestly, like I think this is multilayered, right? Like, I think that part of it is that it actually does. It inspires people yeah. who are, like, struggling with their own boundaries to be mm-hmm. like, ooh, if she can do it. Yeah, totally. And I can too. And it also, I think it awes some people of, like... How, what do you mean? That's possible? Right. Well, (laughs) I can have a boundary. What? What is that? And people are like, why don't you have to deal
1: with this bullshit? Because people are like, why don't you deal with the bullshit that I deal with in my life? Because when you have boundaries... It just keeps it so clean that I end up not having to deal with half of that bullshit. And they're like, "How? Why is that not happening to me?" And I'm like, "Because you don't have the boundaries. So people know I have the boundary, so they ain't coming to me with that bullshit." (laughs) So
2: true. It's so true. It's like having a break in your fence, right? You have boundaries in place to protect when you have a break, crazy things come in and out. Mm-hmm. So I just say, no, I'm going to keep these boundaries because it, it is protecting my sanity. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a friend that she has all drama and negativity around her all the time. And she's like, why don't you have that? And I'm like, I just don't allow that in. Yes. I just don't allow it in. I don't have any capacity for it. So if it starts coming, I'm like, oh, nope, shut the door. Not interested. I don't have any capacity for it. She just can't fathom how that right. can be. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, <laughs> that
0: brings up so many other things, but we're not going to get into that right now. (laughs) But um, like, no, but it is right. It's you're having a party and at some point the house gets to its capacity, right? No more can enter. (laughs) And so you're going to close the door and you're going to say, thank you so much for showing up. But I'm just going to have to say, can you just wait? Mm-hmm. This is why you needed to RSVP.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. So, that's such a an good like, analogy.
0: It's really hard, as, as you were saying, as women and as entrepreneurs and as caretakers, as nurturers. We want everyone to succeed. We want everyone to feel good. We want everyone to be happy. Mm-hmm. We can't be responsible for everyone else's right. stuff, though.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. We just no, can't. True. Yep. Yep. At the beginning, you talked about that you've had a lot of businesses that have failed. Talk to us about some of the lessons you've had from those failures and how you either define or perceive failure now.
2: I think because I was so desperate to get out of corporate America, stop clocking in and clocking out, stop having my time controlled by someone else. I was willing to try anything. I was willing to try anything. And honestly, willing to try anything was a good lesson for me. But often I would chase something until the point that I was like, okay, this is not, this is not what I need it to be. So I do encourage people to take the first step and take the second step, but be an honest critic of your work, be an honest, have an honest evaluation of what you're doing. And if it, if you can keep going forward, if you need to pivot or change, be willing to do that. But I think learning along the way, jumping into something before I knew anything about it seems so stupid, but, If it kept going and I kept learning and it kept getting better, then I was willing to keep going. Mm -hmm. So I started a photography business. I'd never held a professional camera in my hand when I started this business. And I said, okay, I'll help market the business. I'll help talk to, it's a company where we photograph with newborns in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I come from a nursing background, so I understand, I understood the clinical environment. So I thought I'll talk to the nurses, I'll help market the company, but I'm not photographing any little ones. I'm not going to upload and download and do all those things ended a contract much faster than I expected. And next thing I know I'm uploading and downloading and editing (laughs) and doing all the things, (laughs) all the things I said, I would not do, but I was like, okay, you can learn it. You can learn it. You can learn it. Mm -hmm. So I did make big mistakes in the beginning of that business. I did have really stupid errors in that business, but you, none of them, you don't die. You don't die when someone tells you, no, you don't die when you make a mistake. You don't need to just throw in the towel and go home, learn from it and keep going, learn from it Keep going. So I figure everything is figure outable and most things are fixable. So yep. that's in my philosophy. Love it. Love that's it. That's what's on my mug today.
0: Yes. Marie Forleo, thank you very much. Yes. Everything is figure outable. <laughs>
1: Love it. Love it. <laughs> so, what have been some of your biggest successes and how did you make it happen?
2: so thankfully landing that job or that business it was an idea of someone else it was not my idea it was a girl who was a photographer who needed someone like me to help understand the clinical environment so that was my first real success in business when i started that business i had no idea where it was going to go i really wasn't even super reliant on the business But my husband lost his job and we found ourselves needing to put food on the table. And so I got real serious about that business real quick. Mm -hmm. So we, through the partnership of other people, helped grow that brand to a national brand in 42 states. And I'm just so thankful that was something that I was willing to say, Hey, I don't know anything about this, but I'll give it my best shot. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, I started something very unconventional, which will raise some eyebrows here, but I stumbled upon a direct sales business. Mm -hmm. And I've been asked to be a part of direct sales in multiple capacities. And I was like, absolutely not, never. I'm not going to be one of those girls because I had some unfortunate situations around Mm -hmm. that. And this one landed in my lap and I just started using the products, fell in love with the products. People started asking me about the products. And now I've been in that business eight years and happened to be um, in the top 10 in the world in that business. And it's been crazy and it's been exciting and all the crazy misconceptions that I had about that industry man, I wish I could help people understand it's not what you think. So Mm -hmm. those have been my two biggest successes in in my professional world. I would say my biggest success in life is having a very healthy and successful marriage for 25 years and raising four pretty awesome kiddos and um, adopting our youngest after 17 years of my husband saying, absolutely not, we're never doing that to traveling to China and bringing her home three years ago. So those are some of my- Proud
0: moments for sure. Yep, yep. Those are some great wins. I know, mm-hmm.
1: and I totally agree about like on the personal level, the proudest or most successful is a marriage because we know of what all goes into uh, that. We're not, that. Going you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm just saying that. But i have so. that. Like to me, when people like Matt's aunt and uncle, they celebrated their 50 year, and I'm like, that's the most beautiful thing ever. Like, oh <laughs> my god, that's the greatest success and accomplishment ever. I love it.
0: Being with the same individual, mm-hmm. day in, day out, through their ups and Never mind your own ups and downs. Right, it's all the seasons. There's their yeah, ups and yeah. I can't say these. Why can't I say this <laughs> phrase? Their ups and downs. What? What's wrong with me? I mean, that is like, a good
2: phrase. We'll give you that. <laughs> thank you.
0: But no, it is. You're having to grow and mm-hmm. evolve and change and live and deal with everything that's coming at you and mm-hmm. that you're putting out there and all those things with the same person over 25, 35, 40, 50. My parents are almost 60 years now. That's awesome. And uh, this year I'll be 58 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 58 years. And yeah. And, but now like I can look at them and <laughs> they are just a set. Yeah. Like they're a set. And do you feel like when you're, when people refer to, to you, it's like Jessica and Mike, like it's a, it's a, it's a combo. It's a, it's a BOGO. <laughs> yeah. We
2: it's are. a BOGO. I love it. That's funny. Yeah. So we're very different people. He has very different skill sets than me. And so when we were first married, we worked both of us in corporate America separately. Then when I started my first business and he lost his job, he likes to say he slept his way to the top. He didn't, ladies. I promise you. That That's is not so funny. Married. That
0: is so funny. That is <laughs> very very him. funny.
2: I hired him to thank work you, for Mike Betancourt. <laughs> That's funny. Um, And so we started working together and all of a sudden that was a whole new dynamic. That was a whole new world of, I was at the forefront of the company and he was supporting me. And then slowly over time, I transitioned out and and handed that company over to him. And I had to really release some of my pride. I had to release some of my control because he didn't do things the way I did Mm -hmm. it. And I thought all these Photographers and these ladies love working for me, and they're how are they going to respond working for Michael? And so we traveled to the country and went to dinner with a lot of these photographers. And what I found was they actually really loved working for Michael more than they loved working for me. And I was devastated. I'm like, how can you like him more? He has no personality. <laughs> He's <laughs> still <dull> and dry. <laughs> but the truth is that they loved that he was so cut and dry. They mm-hmm. they loved that he was like, here's what it is. Here's what I need you to do. You made a mistake. Don't do it again. No problem. Let's move on. And me, I was all the fluff. Oh my gosh, you're so great. And that was so good. And oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And behind the scenes, I was fixing their mistakes. Mm. Well, nobody likes that. People don't like to be undermined. People don't like to not know where they stand. So what I found is they actually enjoyed working for him more. And I was... But it taught me so many lessons in leadership. It taught me so many lessons, how I move forward into my next business. And I lead a huge organization there. Yeah. It is interesting when you're married and you work together, there's a lot. It's hard, but I just choose every day, even though he's a real pain in the butt some days. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> He would say I am, but I just, I love him and I just really enjoy him. And, and we've just learned to, to compliment one another.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you're up to uh, top 10 in the the current business. And that was yeah. the first thing I thought of was like, in order to get to top 10, you have to be like having some certain attributes and a level of leadership, like a supreme level of leadership. So can you talk to us about that?
2: Yeah. So I would tell you that I never set out to to grow that business to this capacity. I never set out. I want to be a top leader. I want to achieve all these things. But what I always have tried to do is I want to lead and empower other people. I don't wanna build followers, I wanna build other leaders. Mm -hmm. And by taking that approach, rather than trying to make myself the lead dog and everyone following me, I quickly got some great other leaders empowered and built them up and helped them set out on their own path. And I'm so fortunate to have really strong leaders on my team. And I have been a leadership mentality of, you do the right thing regardless of the outcome, And you do the right thing regardless of how people respond. And so if I could just stay on that mentality that I wanted to serve others, I wanted to help others. I wanted to see other people succeed. I wanted to see other people grow. I was going to show up and do the right thing regardless of the outcome. And just by doing that, it was amazing how it did just organically grow. And Mm -hmm. it has been so beautiful to see. So many amazing women just rise up and lead their own organizations and rise up and make changes in their household. And it's just been a beautiful journey, honestly, to get to to just encourage and support these women and honestly honor their success, whatever it is. For some people, it is career wages. For some people, it's closing a gap. in their household where they're not struggling to pay for their child's medication or struggling to pay for a vacation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And to to be able to celebrate all those different successes has been honestly a beautiful journey. And I love how you
1: so articulately define like the difference between the old school armored leadership of do what I say, that's like the followers, right? Where it's that power and control of I'm up here. And so you do what I say, fall in line followers versus what we know to now be the daring leadership if where I'm going to create fellow leaders and where we are a we're team gonna and, and we're going to rise together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think what people, because I know that I've experienced this even in my own team where they at first get really confused of wait, you mean you just don't want me to fall in line? You're like putting, you're investing in me and like empowering and quipping me. Mm-hmm. And it catches them off guard. It makes things so much better because your life is so much easier when you have all these leaders who are leading and then you just get to hang out and support and nurture them and invest in them versus you're the leader and you just have followers that you have to manage all the time. You know what I mean? So well, it's-, it's
0: the
2: difference between leadership and management.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, love it's it. so
2: beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm, I feel so fortunate to get to see so many people rise up and come into their own and mm-hmm. recognize their capabilities and recognize their own leadership style. It's really been a beautiful journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What have you found to be the
0: coolest thing about rising to that level of leadership in your company and being able to take this next step and now bring your message to the world?
2: I heard someone say one time, success is fine, but significance is what matters. And what this business has allowed me to do. There have been a lot of amazing things like travel and all those things, living a life that that my personal life, I never would have imagined. But to be able to support adoption the way we've been able to support adoption, to be able to start a foundation and help other families. I'll quickly touch on adoption because it's such a passion for me. People turn back from adoption because of finances. Mm-hmm. We have a big community of people that would raise their hand and say, I'll take a little one in my home. But financially, it's expensive to adopt. They can mm-hmm. afford to raise them. They can't afford the finances financials up front. So we started a foundation to help people afford to adopt. And we've been able to help many families over the last eight years. And that is just the biggest blessing that I never saw coming. Mm -hmm. I didn't imagine it. I didn't dream it up ahead of time. I just... As the business started building, we started being able to do that. And by doing that, it was leadership by example that now I have a girl on my team who she visited Sierra Leone and she adopted a little one from there. And she's now encouraged other people to adopt little ones from there. And she's on the board of an orphanage there. And just it's been amazing to just watch how your act of obedience and generosity has even been trumped, if you will. Like someone has gone out and done bigger and bolder mm-hmm. and you just know that you were a small piece in encouraging that and gosh, that's been exciting. And it's not just been adoption, it's been all kinds of amazing ways that people have learned to serve through, through being a part of it and it's been really pretty.
0: Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for your hybrid workforce. Do you need business process evaluations and solutions to streamline your workflows? A technology assessment, including security and managed services to optimize performance, or solutions to create a seamless hybrid workplace experience. If that's you, Wellforce has a growing team of affiliates to support your organization's move to hybrid. Visit wellforce.ai today.
1: It reminds me of something I heard on a podcast recently where he said money without compassion is irresponsible and abusive. Compassion without money is just sentimental and feeble. And I was like, oh, that's snap. very powerful. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's convicting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like, that's some mm,
2: that's some knowledge being thrown right
0: there. That was, And the fact that you took it away mm-hmm. with you, you wrote it down, you brought it and, and it just Something that Jessica said was like, ooh, let me mm-hmm. pull that up and now it's going to be out there for that's yep. the ripple effect. Exactly. That's why we do what we do. I love the ripple effect. It's we my do. favorite yeah. thing in the
1: world. Love it. <laughs> I love it. What um, do you what do you feel like gets people stuck in the first place?
2: people have a lot of self-doubt. I think we're living in this crazy social media world right now where everyone is looking at this highlight reel. They're looking at what everyone's doing and they think somehow there's they've got some magic bullet or they've got some secret sauce that they must not have within themselves. So I think people are living with self-doubt. I think they're living in a place of fear. I think so many people are afraid of making a fool of themselves. They're afraid that... Uh, I was listening to a, a group of ladies yesterday. They were all attorneys and they're all miserable in their position as Mm -hmm. lawyers. And they're like, but I couldn't turn back because I'd already completed two years of law school and I had to complete that third. Or I couldn't, after I got that first job in law, I couldn't decide then I really wanted to be a macrame artist because my parents were like, you're not going to sit and twiddle yarn all day, right. you know, you've got a law degree, <laughs> right? And the truth is you're $100,000 $100 in debt. And you gotta like, make
1: that money back. And
2: right? And like, we're sitting here going,
0: and I guess we, not I guess, we do use our degrees on the regular, but we but don't a, do what we set out to do.
1: Well, and it's making me think of a good friend of ours who I love and adore deeply. And that was, that's her journey. So she went to law school, went to Campbell, mm-hmm. did family mm-hmm. law, had her own practice, and it came to that point where she was like, wait a minute, in order to do that, I'm not home with my child. I'm not like, it, it was robbing that. But it was that pressure of my parents paid yep. for law school and yep. am I doing a disservice by not uh, following through with that? Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yeah. And she started out with RNF and then that has exploded for her and she was able yep. to close her private practice and now does amazing things in the community. And I see her so much more lit up now Mm -hmm. than if she would have stayed in doing family law because she felt I have to do that in order to that was the road I chose and I have to like stick with it.
0: And it's looking at it from the perspective of I have skills and I have strengths Mm -hmm. that can be applied to different things. I don't just have to be the job. It's that I don't have to be this is who I am and this is what I have to offer. So let me see where I can fit Versus, I went to school and now I have this job and I have to stay in it because
1: that's a great
0: great point. Yeah, thank you. Sometimes I have good ones
1: because I love that because I think (laughs) people get so hung up on that of I made this commitment, I have to follow it all the way Mm -hmm. through, and then they end up robbing themselves and their family and they're miserable. Mm -hmm. And it's instead of looking at I made this commitment, it's I made the commitment to myself. These are the strengths. That I have, yeah. and I can use them in five,
0: six, seven, eight, nine ways. You yeah. know what and I mean? I, I feel like we just went full circle because that goes back to what we were talking about with boundaries at the beginning. If you have those self boundaries, mm-hmm. if you have that self awareness to say, "I'm going to tolerate and this for myself because it's what it's in alignment," and I'm not going to tolerate this part because it makes me feel like shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like basically, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have can, those boundaries with it. I can honor my
1: strengths in a different way that is also honoring my boundaries.
2: No, I think that, yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It is. It's honestly, well, I think it's amazing. If you look at society, when you meet unhappy people, it's because they have fallen they've caved to the pressures of society. They've mm-hmm. caved to this is the normal path this is what I'm supposed to do. And if I don't do, and that's exactly right. They've chased the wrong rabbit for so long that they don't know how to reverse course and, and go to something that's going to be fulfilling and enjoyable to them. Mm -hmm. And then they're miserable.
1: And it makes me think of people don't know when they're trapped. A lot of times they don't know they're trapped until they get free. And then they are like, Oh my gosh, I was trapped that whole time. And so it's really understanding of, hey, I can write my own permission slips. And if I don't like this permission slip that the world has been teaching me, I can tear that mess up and I can write my own permission slips. Yeah.
2: Right. And I think that happens because of who they spend time with. Agreed. Oh, yes. Agreed. Yes. 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 That happens because of who they spend time with. Because if they're surrounding themselves with the wrong people, they will just stay. They don't even know they're stuck. Yep because it's become the norm of that lunch group. It's Mm -hmm. become the norm of that Friday night drinking buddy. It's become the norm of that group to just wallow and and be miserable together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. So I know a huge part of your story is the people that you chose to grow, to bring along with you to grow with. So like, how did you know Or did you know that they were the right people at the time? Or was there something that was just like, I'm going to invite this person and see what happens?
2: No, I would tell you, I didn't know. I didn't know because I think that you can dream for other people, but it doesn't work. You can want for other people, but it doesn't work. If they don't want it, you cannot give it to them on a silver platter and and they'll take it and work with it if they don't really want it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I did know. I think that I was like, hey, here's what I'm excited about. Here's what I'm doing. Man, if you wanna be a part of it, I'd love to help you any way that I can. And some people caught the vision and ran with it. When things get tough, that's what. That's when the cream rises to the top, right? That's when you see the people who've got the grit, who've got the resistance, who've got the resilience to stick around. And I've got some really good leaders on my team that, man, they have stuck through tough situations in their personal life, tough situations in their business. And then you've got girls that, man, they're just amazing on so many levels, but yet when things got tough, they retreated back to the norms of society. They retreated Mm -hmm. back to what was going to pay them every hour on the hour, clocking in, clocking out, back to dropping their kids at daycare, miserable because they weren't at home before seven o'clock at night, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to know, it's hard to know. I've had people completely surprise me and I've had people that I were like, I don't know how this is gonna go and they've been amazing. And I've had people that I thought were gonna blow it out of the water and they really haven't. So for right. me, I'm just, I'm willing to talk to anybody. I'm willing to work with anybody. And if you want to run, I'll run with you. If you want to walk, I'll hang around there too, but I won't just stand still. I won't wallow with you. I won't. Yes. Playing. I yeah. love
0: that. Yeah. Yes. I feel like there should be like trumpets right now. Yes. like Blasting like, yes. Cause I'm like,
1: oh, yes, that yes. is exactly like you like put we're to words the sound what is in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> it makes me think of, I just had this conversation with my client yesterday and it, 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 what you're talking on makes me think of what we spoke about is chaos theory, right? Is when you're, when an opportunity is presented to you, a big next level opportunity, chaos is going to happen oh, yeah. because that's the law of. Polarity. And so people are either going to be like, oh, skirt, and retract in the chaos of, oh my gosh, I'm going to, you know, retract, or they're going to hide. And so if it was, hey, my next up level is my goal is 10K, and then chaos hits. And they're like, oh, that was too big. I'm going to make it go back down to 5K because the chaos is happening and I got to give that attention. And we're not and talking didda. about
0: miles run or kilometers run. We're talking about $10,000 versus $5,000. Yeah, right. We have to clarify <laughs> so they when retract, Sarah speaks. She's talking about money.
1: Retract and make it smaller or they just completely throw their hands up and give up and hide from the chaos and like the whole ostrich shoving their head in the sand. And like you said, the cream rises to the top and it's, well, okay, knowing that this is the process. Mm-hmm. of this is the process of chaos is going to come and it, that just means i get excited now instead of being like oh shit chaos is here i do have that moment <laughs> all right I,
0: let's not let's, let's not, just be let's real, be real. Right? i have that moment but then we're after not that, over here thinking that like all 24 7 unicorn shit yeah, glitter on no. us that's not how we roll but
1: once that happens i go oh shit this is the chaos yeah That means that something big is about to
0: happen. It's that awareness, that next level awareness of you can actually step back and say, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. Correct. And it's just whatever is being thrown at me, it's supposed to be thrown at me and then I can move through it to the next, I just have to keep following. So and that's why I'm bringing up is because people yeah. think this is, a, and I've been that person where I'm like, the chaos
1: is here. Is that a sign from the universe that I'm not supposed to be doing this? And I'll second guess yeah. my purpose. And it was before I knew yep. the process that is chaos theory. And now yep. I'm all
0: like, oh, Yay! something Let's extraordinary dance.
1: is coming. Let's have a dance
0: party in the <laughs> chaos. But no. And I also think that it, like, so like for 2020, oh, let me rephrase that. In the beginning of 2020, I took it as not a yes year. Like, I'm not saying yes to everything. But, like, when opportunities presented themselves, I would look at it like a spool of thread. Like, I could either pull it, and it would just fall off the spool, and it'd be done. Or it maybe would weave into a glorious tapestry. And then COVID hit. (laughs) 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 So, it was like my tapestries were all in shambles. However, I was able to reweave them and shift and, and make them into other beautiful things like mm-hmm. placemats and right. and napkin rings and table. I don't know where I got into this textile. It's okay. I'm, we're just <laughs> letting you roll with it. I don't know what's wow. happening right now, yeah. but it's that when you take that mindset, right, mm-hmm. of like this could grow to something, yeah. I just have to see it out. And maybe that chaos is there to tell me that this is you know, oh, the chaos is the data. The chaos sure. is the data. Yeah. So I uh, just here's evaluate. where yeah. I need chaos is data of
1: saying where do I need to continue mm-hmm. to learn, grow, expand, tweak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. So if we see chaos as one, the the pathway to the next up level, mm-hmm. and then we see it as oh, data. Right. Let me collect the data of what do I need to. It's like the bridge learn. getting washed out. And right. how are you
0: going to rebuild it? Right. Or are you going to go around it?
1: It shifts the whole thing, and mm-hmm. then you become like oh. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in command of like my thoughts and let's see and let's do this. Then you become the leader of it. Yeah. Rather than the victim of it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love thinking of chaos as a data point because it's it shows you what you need to improve on. It shows you where you need to learn. It shows you a mistake that you can grow from. I also think it's important to acknowledge not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur. We yeah. need those people who like structure and who like to show up and and do the work and do the right things. And we need those people in this world and they're amazing at what they do. Mm-hmm. So I do think that you have to know yourself a little bit. Can you handle? But I, mm-hmm. I also think people can handle more than they realize most of the time. So don't yes. throw in the towel just when it gets a little bit, a little bit tough. Yep. Because it's getting through that toughness That the magic happens and you look back and you realize, wow, look how far I've come. Mm -hmm. And had I stopped when it got tough, I would have never known this side of it. So, yep,
1: yep, love it, love it. I love that.
0: I think this is a great place to end.
2: Me too. I was like, like, we're done. We don't
0: even need to say anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great mic drop moment right there. Golden nuggets to take away. Yep, we want to thank Jessica Betancourt for joining us today on the Girls Who Do Stuff. Jessica, tell our listeners how they can find you.
2: Ladies, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. So you can find me at jessicabettencourt.com Obviously, you can find me on Instagram, jbetancourt one You can find me over on Clubhouse even right now, which has been fun. And you can find me on Facebook as Jessica Bettencourt. And if you're looking to get a hold of my book, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And if you like this crazy voice of mine, you can get it on audible.com. So thank love you so it. much, ladies. <laughs> I love We that. love
0: your accent. <laughs> so that boy on the beach didn't know what he was missing. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email email list for fun announcements and leave us a review it helps other people find our stuff we would be so grateful to you
1: for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives i am jenny midgley i am sarah madras and And you do you, you boo we
0: love making this stuff for you you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media